Welcome to the Lead Management Mastermind Show, the only podcast where you'll learn about lead management best practices from the top lead management and sales marketing executives in the industry. Hear about the optimization, strategy, and techniques that have made each of our guests the best of the best in the lead management domain. Live from the headquarters of SDP Solutions, Here's your host, Scott Payne. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining. This is Scott Payne with SDP Solutions. Welcome back to episode number four. So excited to have with us today a good friend, good colleague of mine, Michael Peranto, joining us here on the fourth episode. Uh, Really excited to have Mike on. Let me do a quick introduction here in a moment. Just a quick uh, introduction from my side for him. Me and Mike have been working together for a number of years now. I worked with him when I was at NationStar Mortgage. He was my kind of account rep, and I'll, I'll talk through uh, my support rep. I'll talk through uh, some funny stories we had of working together back then. Uh, and then we'll go through, I uh, ended up working with Mike when I was at Velocify uh, for a number of years uh, as an account specialist, and I was an account manager. So I have a really deep relationship with Mike. We go way back. Without further ado, let me turn it over to Mike for a quick introduction. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Scott. Thank you for having me on today. Um, you know, just to introduce myself, uh, my name is Michael Peranto. Uh, I've been working in both the contact center and lead management space for over 10 years now. Um, a little bit of history on myself. Um, I've worked in the mortgage industry for about 10 years for different call centers. Um, I worked for Velocify for about four, four years, four or five years. And, you know, really my specialties in regards to my day-to-day functions are in regards to, you know, the distribution of leads, uh, the acquisition of leads, as well as the setting up of different contact centers uh, with the different companies that I've worked for historically. So I'm really happy to be on here, Scott. Uh, Really good to see you again. And um, if there's anything else you'd like to add, just let me know. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, the name of the show is Lead Management Masterminds, and I really can't think of another mastermind as good as you as it relates to really figuring out some really creative ways of doing things, uh, both in, you know, whether it be CRM or the dialers, which we're going to talk a little bit more about dialers today. Um, but, you know, really, you know, you're one of the first people that came to mind as far as a mastermind goes. So I'm super excited to have you on the show and uh, be part of this early on. Absolutely. So, yeah, so a couple of things. Um, can you tell everyone a little bit about uh, what you did at Velocify, what we're, like, what you started out doing and, and Sure, sure. So I started with Velocify. Um, You know, I'd actually worked with Velocify when they were uh, Leads 360 before as an administrator. Uh, They brought me on and had me do consulting work for their largest clients. So when I started several years ago, um, they assigned me to some of their biggest, uh, both mortgage and uh, private education clients. Um, We would have weekly consulting meetings with them. Uh, go through their different uh, distribution and prioritization strategies and really make optimizations and tweaks to either their contact strategies, the technologies they use, et cetera. Um, Once I got done with Velocify, um, I went to work in the private mortgage industry. So I've worked for several different lenders, including Fairway Independent Mortgage. Uh, Right now I'm at Cardinal Financial Company as the director of lead marketing. And, um, you know, today I've done, you know, I would say at least... I probably onboarded about 30 different 
customers onto CRMs and uh, three to four customers onto contact center solutions, uh, dialers. That's okay. your specialty. That's it? <laughs> no, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, <clears throat> yeah, I met Mike back when I was at NationStar. I was having some issues with the, with the system and getting something to work. And my first introduction was Mike, which he called me at like 4 p.m. as we we're trying to figure this out. And uh, we uh, ended up staying on the phone uh, off and on for about eight hours that day trying to figure this out. Yeah. Two o'clock in the morning, my time, midnight back in California. He actually just mentioned you read something about the longest customer service call was what? How long? Oh, yeah. So the longest customer service call on record is actually five hours and 40 minutes and one second. Okay. And uh, I think uh, we got we got pretty close to that on our call, uh, yeah. Scott. I don't think ours was recorded, but um, that's that is one of the longest customer service calls on record. Yeah. Well, that's that's funny. We, uh, you know, so anyways, me and Mike got to know each other through that night. Ultimately, I came on to Velocify uh, shortly after and uh, worked really close with Mike. Uh, with uh, with the enterprise accounts and really working through uh, you know issues they were having, he was kind of a, a higher level tier uh, support person and really really educated on the system and uh, really good at what he did. So, anyways, glad to have you on. And you know, we have a couple of topics I want to uh, cover with you today. Um, you know, we're going to start off with you know actually kind of where this came about. Somebody said, uh, I think it was Mike Eshelman said, "Man, it would be really really good." Or Ethan, one of the two said. It'd be really good to have Mike on to talk about the dialer space because there's not a lot of information out there today as it relates to uh, how to integrate your CRM with a dialer per se. And uh, I know you've done this a couple times. And so I wanted to bring you on to kind of walk our listeners through how a dialer can fit into the lead management strategies that people are using today. You know, typically we think of lead management as uh, you get a lead, you call it, you might call it four or five times and then move it into nurture. But I think you can really put that, uh, you know, uh, some really power behind your strategy as it relates to when you put in the dialer in place. And so I wanted to bring you on, talk more about that. We're going to talk about some other things as it relates to, to kind of lead management best practices and those types of things. But we start out with the dialer. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the reasons why you decided to move to a dialer away from the standard kind of CRM integrated dialing solution? Sure. So... You know, most companies, when they decide uh, that they want to move to a dialer, uh, they are brought into a situation where uh, they they have a set amount of employees, but they need to reach more customers, right? You know, typical CRM systems, you know, they are a one-to-one -one relationship where, you know, you get a lead record that comes in, you know, you can text and email it and place one phone call at a time. But, um, you know, we've found organizations that are looking to increase their sales in whatever way possible. So when they move to a dialer solution, they're really looking at a couple different things that they're looking to add. One of them is obviously more horsepower. So, you know, if I have a set number of, of agents that I can work with in an eight-hour day, I want them to talk to as many people as possible. So there's different types of multi-line dialers, um, progressive dialers, et cetera, that are out there that allow you to have one agent, but making multiple phone calls at a time. Um, additionally, different CRM systems have different types of reporting that's available to them. Um, you know, and some of them are better than others, but a common, uh, a common situation is that, you know, they're really looking for real-time metrics and analytics on, what ha is, on what's happening on the sales floor today. So, you know, we've found even with some of my own onboardings, um, different teams that um, 
different teams that we believe were working all hours of the day that they weren't working on certain hours of the day, um, real time statistics for inbound calls, what is our SLAs, et cetera. Um, so that is a common reason for moving to a dialer. The third thing is, you know, most of these dialer companies that are out there have multiple channels that they support. So, you know, um, a CRM typically has, you know, telephony, whether it's, you know, one-to-one -one dialing, emails and text. Uh, when you move to the dialers, uh, to a dialer program, you have multiple omni-channel channel capabilities. So that brings in where you can bring in chat into, into your dialer system. Um, you can bring in social media. Um, there's quite a few systems that are out there that have links to social media. And I think that's really the three things that are important for this pro process. More horsepower, better analytics on the sales floor, and omni-channel routing capabilities and customizations with your own CRM. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about the chat, chat uh, feature stuff? How does that work? Absolutely. So, you know, with, with online chat, you know, we've seen really throughout the last three to four years, uh, the customer base is, has been shifting from a typical, hey, call me on my phone to online, online resources. So whether it be social media, we've seen customers that have engaged on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, to just having chat on your web page. Um, to give you an idea here, 44% um, of the people surveyed in the U.S. do prefer today still to be contacted over the phone, but there's approximately 23% of consumers that would that are comfortable and willing to engage with chat. And, you know, whether it's an AI bot or you know a live person on live chat. Um, you know, we've seen fantastic analytics uh, when moving to the live chat channel. So it's something that, you know, as you get to the newer generation, the millennial generation, they're much more comfortable using things on their phone. Um, it even kind of adds credence to, you know, adding SMS to your strategy as well. Uh, SMS has a 95% read rate, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal when you think mm -hmm. about it. And um, it just goes to show that people are moving more and more to doing their business online and being comfortable with it. Gotcha. I've talked a little bit, actually, it was on a podcast with Michael Free recently. We talked about specialization, um, where you have reps that are just specialized in certain parts of the process. And as it relates to chat, I'm wondering, do you have like a set team that works that chat bot or are working the chat functionality? Or does everyone have access to doing the chat? How do you make sure that people are getting a response immediately? Absolutely. So depending on the type of organization you have, you have two different components. So, um, you know, my my specialty is in the mortgage industry, but I have dealt with clients that have used chat that don't have the particular licensing component of chat. Um, I actually recommend that you have a team that works chat only. Uh, number one, because there are certain employees that are not as good um, typing things grammatically. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not very good communicators via email. Um, also, you know, when you have them working chat, you can have them working, um, other online channels as well. You can have them doing social media, have it be integrated into your chat engine. And, um, I found that to be a lot more effective than, um, you know, having somebody do multiple channels at the same time. Okay. Got it. So how many calls do you guys making per day now? Oh man, so um, I think we hold the record, but we make about 83,000 dials a day, uh, anywhere between 1 million to 2 million dials in a month. Wow, what were you doing prior to the dialer? Uh, probably about 
a quarter of a million quarter of a million dials in a month, two hundred fifty thousand. Yes, about four or five times more calls. Absolutely. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, you know, is it? Can you talk a little bit about kind of the work to to set the dialer up because I know that you know is it implementation of, of technology can be challenging. What's it like to set up a dialer and integrating with other systems? Absolutely. So. When you make the decision to actually set up a dialer, um, there are multiple components that are involved. It's a huge task. You know, I could say um, on average, it can be anywhere between 60 to 90 days from beginning to end to set up a dialer platform. Um, there are multiple parts of your organization that are involved. Uh, if you have a training division, you got to get the training division trained on the technology. Uh, you have to have IT involved because there could be certain network or infrastructure upgrades that need to be made to your organization. Um, one of the biggest tasks that I think we had um, with setting up our own dialer system is mapping out our entire, I would say, you know, call trees. You know, you've got different inbound numbers, you have different inbound call flows, uh, you've got to gather the recordings. And um, on top of that, once you have your call trees mapped out, you also have to map out how that's going to directly integrate with your CRM system. Mm -hmm. When that's all completed, you've delivered it to the company and you work in tandem with them to set up the integration, uh, you have to do downstream testing, right? So you have to do validation on every single set of the call flows that you've um, created. You have to do um, testing on you know, what a sales call would be, what a customer service call would be. You have to port numbers. Uh, so it's, it really is a large task, but that being said, there are um, very large gains that we've seen since moving to the dialer. Got it, so uh, just a, a question about the CRM integration. The, let's just use the CRM that we know very well. Um, what, what does that look like from an integration standpoint? What, what is the dialer talking back to the CRM? What is the CRM talking to? Obviously they probably need to post records, I assume. Absolutely. So. To give you an idea of, of like a typical workflow, so records come in and they get posted into the dialer. Uh, we make an immediate call and then from there, uh, within anywhere between four to six seconds. Um, I've had some times where we have posted records in from our own website and um, my phone is ringing before the website is actually saying that, hey, we've gotten your submission. Wow. So, um, you know, that's pretty impressive when you when you think about it. But you know, when you're going through and looking at like a CRM and a dialer integration, um, the record comes in, posts to the dialer. Um, once the call is completed, whether the agent has talked to the consumer or um, you know, even if they've left a voicemail, then the information from that call is written back to the Velocify record. And depending on the outcome of that disposition, that determines um, through different API calls um, whether we move it further down in the call strategy, we make more calls, or obviously, like if we take an application, then the calls would cease to that consumer, and then there would be follow-up calls down the road. Got it. Okay. So, obviously, you know, implementing any type of technology is going to have issues, I assume. Uh, you know, can you talk a little bit to the listeners about maybe some of the challenges you've experienced in going through this, so that you know, if they consider, it, they can be a little bit more prepared for that type of thing. What are some challenges you guys had? Sure. So, you know, when you're setting up any different kind of system, you know, you're moving from one system to another, you're always going to have, um, you're always going to have different challenges with whether it's internal employees, you know, sales managers, et cetera, 
with that migration. So a couple of things that we've had, or at least my own experience, is most of the shops that I've done implementations of dialers on, um, you know, we've moved from what we consider a ownership lead model where a loan officer actually owns a lead for the entire lifetime beginning to end, including the calls in between to a shared model. And, um, you know, we found that to be a challenge when we moved, um, when we moved over to a dialer. Um, with that, you know, those challenges are easily overcome when you move from an ownership to a shared model because they end up just seeing increases in sales yeah. as they continue to use it. And with that, they get, you know, as they're making more money, it tends to kind of um, tamper down those issues. Isn't it crazy how the quote unquote ownership, like this is my lead, like you give someone a lead, they just, they think it's theirs and they can kind of do with, with what they please. Yeah, and you know, the ownership model can work in certain systems. Um, I found that the shared lead model tends to work the best because it helps to um, improve your contact strategy. You are mm -hmm. making sure that you are calling those leads or emailing and texting those leads at the exact point in time that you have set up in your strategy yep. versus rely relying on an individual to do, do that. And when you think about it, that kind of makes sense, right? You know, because when you're in an ownership model, let's say that owner of the lead is sick for the day. Yep. Nobody's calling that consumer. But in a shared model where everybody's sharing those leads, um, we make sure that, hey, you know, if this lead needs to be called an hour later, once an hour later comes along, that lead is dialed. Yeah. Um, but it is a challenge, you know. Um, it's not a large portion of your employees that will have this issue. For us, it was less than 5%. Uh, but it is something that we did experience. Um, some of the other challenges is just making sure that management is all on the same page when you move to the dialer. So you want to make sure that you have meetings with your managers. You tell them what to expect, both from an employee perspective and from their own um, perspective. Um, you know, uh, doing the training for the dialer can be a huge hurdle. So I found I did the training in person. I traveled to multiple different locations. If you have different locations, some people ch tend to do an online model where they do, you know, go to meeting trainings, et cetera. Um, you know, when you're moving to the dialer, it's just very important that both your managers and your employees are very well trained um, to understand that um, the basic functions of the dialer, as well as, you know, some of the things that they may experience that are different than what they've experienced today. Um, getting the resources necessary for tech up upgrades, you know, can be a challenge for an organization. So, um, you know, certain companies that I've worked for, some of them have had great infrastructure. We've actually needed no tech upgrades in terms of like servers and equipment. Um, other ones have had to do some rather large server upgrades, you know, just to mm -hmm. handle the bandwidth of bringing on a dialer system. You know, if all your calls are going through this system, um, you know, you're taking up a significant amount of internet resources. Yep. So it's just important that you meet the system requirements for that for that dialer. Um, any sort of integration with a CRM is tough. So you want to make sure that when you choose to go to a dialer system or any sort of omni-channel solution, that you are reaching out with your to the CRM company that you're doing it with and just making sure that they understand some of the basic requirements of what you're looking to do. Um, to give you an idea, we make hundreds of thousands of API calls to our CRM system today. And they make hundreds of thousands of API calls to our dialer a day. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, it's not an issue, but it's just important that you bring that up. Um, so that way you guys are both on the same page. Okay, that's good advice. All right, perfect. So talk about some challenges, talk about the implementation. <clears throat> Let's talk about probably what people want to hear most about is like what, 
what result has it had on the business moving to this model uh, for, for your business today? Like what, what are some of the benefits you guys have seen? Absolutely. So uh, going back to, you know, what's really happening, happening in real time on the sales floor, that has proven to be invaluable to our sales management. Um, you know, before, if you're almost in like a vacuum where you believe that they're there working, but you can't actually see what they're doing in real time when you're reporting, um, that has been absolutely valuable to us. Um, it's helped our managers to make staffing decisions. It's helped them to see what their employees are doing. Um, it's also allowed them to see like how many calls are waiting in the queue, right? And then, then it allows them to say, hey, you over there, I see you're over there, um, you know, making coffee, et cetera. Why don't you get on the phones? There's, there's live people in the queue that want to talk to you. Um, we've seen increases in, uh, as high as 15% in units month over month. Wow. Our contact rates have gone up between 5 to 10%. And our answer rate um, has gone up about 10% as well. Great, man. Good results. What, um, about how many, let's say you get a new lead from a lead provider. On average, how many outbound calls do you make to that lead? Uh, in the first, let's say, five days, 10 days, five in days. the first five days, it's about 10 calls. Okay. Yep. It's not bad. Are you using any type of, uh, like, engagement? Like, if they've opened an email, are you calling that person right away? Is there something that fires that? or Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, not only do we call, not only do we call them that many times, but, you know, we do, we do send text messages. So during the first five days, we do send them two text messages mm -hmm. and we try not to spam them as much with the texting because, you know, texting, even though it's a great sales tool, um, is a very personal sales tool because, you know, it's on your phone, it's real time, et cetera. Um, but you know, if a consumer opens up an email, um, it can trigger um, it can trigger an open to whatever CRM you're looking for, and we have seen great success with that being called in the dialer. All right, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all of that. Um, let me jump into real quick. You know, for those now that you've kind of seen the benefits and the challenges and those types of things, you know, what are some other things that if someone's going to go out and look? So there's lots of different solutions for these dialing platforms. What are some things that they should be on the lookout for uh, when they're out searching for? Uh, this type of solution? Absolutely. So um, number one, when I looked for a dialer solution, you're looking for a solution that can do omni-channel routing. So that includes uh, both phone, um, SMS, chat, et cetera. And you want to make sure that you have uh, as much of an ability as possible with that solution to do customization to, to your third-party CRM. So, you know, I have found it extremely helpful to be able to write my own API calls within the dialer platform directly to my CRM system. Not all, CR not all dialer integrations with CRMs allow that. Some of them have a um, built-in integration that they have, but they control the source code. And so I found that to be almost invalu invaluable to me. Um, when you purchase a platform, um, I do recommend that for the first year of service that you buy a service package that includes a technical account manager. Okay. Um, I've found that when, you know, with any new platform, even if you are very comfortable with CRM systems and dialers, uh, if you're introducing a new platform, having somebody who is an expert from that organization by your side through the, both the onboarding and even the first six months afterwards um, is absolutely invaluable for you. Um, from a contractual perspective, I recommend only signing for um, a year to start just to make sure, you know, you're, you're dotting your I's and cro crossing your T's. 
Um, I have yet to have a dialer platform where we've had to cancel a contract, but it's just something that I do recommend in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that it meets, you know, your basic requirements. So, you know, when you're going through building your requirements docs for a dialer platform, you do want to sit down with the different key st- stakeholders, including sales, man- sales management, your top salespeople, et cetera, um, and making sure that it meets and checks the boxes of the things that you're looking for, you know, whether it's real-time analytics, um, the ability to route the calls on the fly, you know, based on your own customizations and rules, um, you know, and just being able to see live on the sales floor. That's you know, good. So another question I was just thinking through was, you know, how do you handle the compliance piece of, of calling it with auto dialing, those types of things? I know those are some considerations to make. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, most of the dialers out there, I would say, meet all the requirements of a TCPA solution. Um, so right out of the box, most of them um, will have just the settings built in that have your that make you compliant with TCPA. That being said, you want to make sure that you test those solutions. So you want to make sure that you play the um, the abandonment message. If you abandon a call, you want to make sure that your abandonment rates, you know, that there's some sort of a threshold that you can set that says you can never get past the 3% abandonment rate. That's actually a very good feature to have in the dialers uh, where you can actually say, hey, do not get past 3% abandonment rate. Mm-hmm. And dialers will actually throttle themselves down until that thing lowers itself, until the abandonment rate lowers itself. And then, it, and then um, once you get to a lower percentage, then it continues to throttle. Um, compliance when you move to a dialer is very, very important. Um, it does put you under a little bit more scrutiny from the different regulators. So you want to make sure that you have, once you've completed your dialer implementation, you've done all your testing, that you have good documentation mm-hmm. of how your dialer uh, how your dialer performs for all types of calls that you receive, both inbound and outbound. Um, additionally, you want to make sure that you have the prompts that play that state that the call is being recorded. Okay. All right, last dialer question for you then. So yep, yep. all sounds good. Lots of uh, improved conversion rates, as we heard. You talked a little bit about, you know, the, the cost of the dialer solution. Sure. So, you know, when you make a when you make the transition to a dialer solution, you know, let, we actually moved from a single uh, contact center solution with one-to-one dialing to multi-line dialing. Um, we actually didn't see much increase in, we'll call it system cost. Um, where we saw our overall increase in cost was actually in our uh, dialer minutes. So, you know, as you make more calls, you obviously make more, you know, per, you incur per, more permanent charges. So the bulk of our increase was actually in that regards. Um, but to give you an idea, it can be um, in terms of the difference from what we were using before to moving to a dollar, it was anywhere between 10 to 20,000 additional uh, additional per month. Awesome, so let's talk a little bit about user adoption. I've asked all of my guests so far about what are some of the you know tips and tricks and best practices that they've used in the past as it relates to user adoption. Now you've rolled out CRM, you've rolled out obviously an LOS in the mortgage, you've also now rolled out a dialer. And so through these types of implementations, what are the best practices that you've found uh, around user adoption? You've got to nail user adoption out of the gate. Very important. Just a, a couple of tips and tricks. Sure. So number one, the most important thing is do not, do not renege on doing the proper training. 
So when we go through the training, we had multiple things that we had available to our end users. We had a online video training. We did training in person and also additional document uh, and, and we had training documentation available to them. Um, I cannot stress enough that spending the time to do it with all users in your organization, including managers and your individual salespeople or customer service agents, um, training is going to be key in order for them to properly use the tool, make less mistakes, and see, see your ROI as quickly as possible. Number two is showing them the reasons why you're moving to a different platform. So, you know, you'll get these questions where they say, hey, like we, we're using this today, why are we moving to this platform over here? So showing them some of the different data points really helped them, you know, showing them real life uh, situations where we could improve their sales experience. So as opposed to manually dialing, moving to an auto automated dialing platform, it makes their quality of life easier. They talk to more people and through that, they're gonna make more sales. Um, once you go through and you implement the dialer, it's important to look at some of the different employees that you have that have shown improvements with the tool and really putting a key focus on them and saying, look, you know, this person used to be doing, used to be selling this amount of units. Now that we've implemented this, this platform, they are selling this many units and really using real life examples to show the improvements of that tool. Um, Additionally, you do, whenever you go through this process, want to get the key stakeholders involved with the design of the platform. So there's going to be some things that you're going to want to do um, to, make, to make it a better system for you. But it's important to talk to the top salespeople because they're going to be using it daily, your managers, your executives. And when you're going through and creating these workflows, you're all on the same page as to what's going to happen from an in, both an end-user user experience for your sales agents as well as your customers. Great, great responses. Got four good nuggets there for all the listeners there to take away. So that's great. Um, real quick, what, what's your favorite part of the current CRM you use? What, what gets you the most excited to jump in and, and use every day? Sure. So uh, the CRM that we use is Velocify. I would say yeah. the most exciting thing that it, that it has to offer is the ability to do distribution of records. So, you know, being able to move leads in real time to different sales teams or different customer service agents is almost invaluable. Um, you know, being able to make API calls whenever I want to in the sales process is very important. Um, and just, you know, the ease of use, being able to log in, make it quick and easy. Um, you know, I think Philosophy is a very simple tool. Um, and I think most sales teams should use it. Yeah. Awesome. And then last but not least, um, you know, we've had a lot of experience, me and you, with integrating with, let's say, the loan origination system. And so for mortgage, it's loan origination. For my education listeners, that could be your student information system. Uh, there's a number of other, you know, type of uh, POS systems out there that are integrated with your CRM. Can you give the listeners a couple of tips and tricks that you found along the uh, years as it relates to, like, integrating with your LOS and things that you've, some cool things you've done? Sure. Yeah. So. You know, when you have a loan origination system, point of sale system, whatever it may be, it's very important that you have those two systems talking to each other as much as possible. So that can, A, can help you with compliance, B, can help you with reporting. So if one system has better reporting than the other, you can push that data into that other system um, to be able to do some better re reporting on it. 
Um, I would say really the power behind having those two linked is that you can use different distribution and prioritization strategies within your CRM system based on information from your loan origination system. So some things that I've seen, you know, if we pulled a credit report and the loan officer hasn't followed up within a certain amount of days with a consumer, then we put that as a prior, as a priority call um, at the top of their prioritization queue in order to make that follow-up call. Um, there's other things you can do in terms of the follow-up process with consumers, um, you know, whether you have scheduled appointments or a missed appointment, you can, you can go through that process. But from a loan origination system, it helps to have those two systems in sync from both a reporting standpoint, lead prioritization standpoint, as well as, you know, downstream, you may consider redistributing records that aren't completely sold mm -hmm. to a different loan officer who has a higher propensity to sell that loan file. That's awesome. Awesome nuggets there. Mike, can't thank you enough for joining us today and being my fourth guest. So excited again to have you join us and, uh, and share all of your knowledge. Uh, that's out there. Again, Mike's is one of the best of the best out there with uh, lead management experience. So, so happy to have on the Mastermind Show. Thanks again for joining us. Hope to see you soon. Absolutely, Scott. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. Today's episode is presented by SDP Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things lead management strategy and optimization. Please visit us at www.sdp-solutions.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast site.